Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Meets that might have been a season-defining loss, but you were way less aggressive than usual. Can you explain? I, I was, because we actually had uh, a visitor over. We invited our friend Alvaro, who's a Mexican guy, to come over and watch his very first D's game with us. Mm. Unfortunately, it was a loss. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. good conditioning to become a D's fan, though. Yeah. It, it kind we of was. We presented him with a scarf. You know, said some words. Yeah, yeah. He got his jumper and everything. No, it was quite funny actually because we gave him Indian food and then he watched a D's game. So it was quite a <laughs> That's typical a real Kieran Friday and Anita night. experience, actually. Yeah, <laughs> very iconic sort of Kieran and Anita Friday night experience. I think. Um, no, but it was quite fun watching the game with him because he would, you know, got he got quite invested, obviously. And so when we were playing pretty well, particularly in the second half, he was like, "Bien, bien, vamos, vamos, cabron, cabrones, yeah. vamos." But then when we were doing quite badly, he'd be yelling at like, puta madre, no mames, you know? Yeah. So he was getting quite invested, which I appreciated. No, it is a good distraction, to be honest, because normally if we were watching the game, just the two of us together, you would have thrown the laptop aside, stormed into your room at about three-quarter time and refused to come out. I was in quite a bad mood, wasn't I? Yeah. Alvador, despite never having watched an AFL game, there was also concerned about our ball movement. Yeah. And he seemed quite frustrated by it as well and our kicking inside forward 50. Yeah. So I definitely wasn't alone in my annoyance. Oh, my God. It was just insufferable, wasn't it? Um, what are we going to do next? It's so funny. We went from being the premiership favourites a second ago and we're still doing well. I mean, we don't over overread this, but – it almost looks like last year, doesn't it, in a lot of ways? The reality is is our defence is just sublime. And it's funny because there's really not enough superlatives to describe how great Jake Lever and Stephen May have been for us and mm. how much they're totally worth all the money that they're being paid. They're worth all the draft picks, I think, just in terms of the position yeah. that they've managed to put us in. I mean, would you rather Jake Lever or like Jordan Gallucci and Lockie O'Brien, right? right? Or like, or you know, Ben King, I think, would, been, would have been – He's a star. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that – we wouldn't have been very well off without with, with Ben King as well. But just in terms of the impact that both Stephen May and Jake Lever have made to our defense, is, yeah. it's nothing short of unbelievable. No, absolutely. And and the truth is we were very, very hard on Josh Marnie from start to finish. And, you know, you can, you know, quibble over the price he paid, but these are two excellent players. So he has to get some credit for that. We Definitely. And they both do absolutely deserve to be all yeah. Australian. But the truth is, is, you know, can you win a premiership just based on defense? Because that mm. really is – all that we've really got in terms of being, you know, in terms of being our strong suit. Because the truth is, right now, our midfield isn't winning clearances. Our yeah. midfield is really struggling in a lot of ways. Um, and our forward line is lacking in any connection with the midfield. So we're struggling offensively. We're struggling a little bit in the midfield. Um, and our strong suit, now one word is definitely our defense. And the question is whether or not that's enough to carry us to the promised land. Right. And look, it is a very, very, very good defense. And it's held up I've very never well. seen, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think I've ever seen a better Melbourne defense in my whole time as a Melbourne supporter. No, I agree. I agree. It's 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 a brilliant defense. I think Hibbert was a bit down this week. I don't know if he was injured, but he had three possessions and kicked had, I think, four goals kicked on him. So it wasn't his greatest game. So there was a few weaknesses there. Toby but- Green is a tricky matchup and albeit right. makes most people look a bit silly. But yeah, it definitely it definitely wasn't a great, particularly right. when Toby Green completely outmarked him um, in the forward 50 and it was just... But oh. it wasn't just the Toby Green one. There was one in the second quarter where the ball got tapped down to Taranto and Hibbard was just trailing him, not goal side. Taranto just saunters in and kicks a goal. And you're like, you know, Hibbard's had an amazing season. So he just had an off game that happens. But Lever and May... 
they just don't have bad games, do they? Never. They're so consistent. They yeah. really are. They're unbelievably consistent. And I remember, I think the Geelong game was a real turning point for Lever, yeah. where we wondered whether or not, before that, where I think we really did wonder whether or not he would always be kind of May's sidekick, I suppose, yeah. in the back line. But no, the two of them are just these unbelievable pillars of responsibility and just, they're both excellent. They really are. They're just excellent. But yeah. we we can sort of talk about how wonderful the defense is. Um, and, and that is definitely the real highlight of this season and, and the reason in a lot of ways why we're still, still sitting second on top of the ladder but and I don't think we'll lose many games by a lot um mm. it's pretty telling that our you know percentage is is still quite healthy yeah. um despite these couple of losses in the last three weeks just because of the fact that we don't get smacked no. at all ever and it's because of how wonderful our defense is yeah. um that being said our percentage is also not particularly um you know it's not extraordinary because of the fact that we're not able to really score yeah, exactly. That's a really, really big problem. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, one thing I want to ask you about, though, Needs, is the midfield. Um, my concern at the moment is it feels like there's a bit of a sugar high where every week people are getting 30 possessions, Oliver gets his 30, Petrarca gets his 30. They're both in the top three in the brand low, I think. But are we getting that much impact out of it? You know? Do you wonder if it's almost a reversion to last year? You know, one of the mm. real things that we saw at the start of this year was this, you know, Melbourne kept preaching selflessness. They kept preaching that they didn't want to be the type of team where everybody, you know, was just accumulating huge numbers of possessions without making much impact. Do you think what we've resorted reverted back to that a little bit? Possibly, yeah, because that game did not look selfless. If you see the highlights of Whitfield and Kelly and everyone else just streaming away with with such ease, you know, it doesn't look like anything like earlier in the season. And look, one of um, our loyal listeners, uh, Sandy, suggested a theory, which is maybe we've had a block of really intense training in preparation for later in the season, and that's why we've dropped off a little bit in our intensity and pressure, and who knows? That's possible. Is that at uh, all – has that been reported on, or is there anything uh, – is there any basis to that? It seems to be just speculation. Okay, but, got but it. it. No, it, we're happy with speculation on this podcast. I just wanted to confirm that I hadn't missed a news article about this. <laughs> it is something that teams do, I think, fairly regularly at the top of the ladder, so it's not impossible. But, yeah, it, it just seems like, you know, Oliver will have a slow start and then get a lot of really short handballs, and he's, he's clearly playing very well. And – to be clear, I'm not for a second suggesting that Petrarca and Oliver are the problems. They've been amazing all, all year. But sometimes these statistics can disguise a little bit of what's actually happening in the game, don't you think? I definitely agree with that. I also don't know if Jack Viney's comeback into the team has been mm. as uh – Oof, what's the word, as successful as we would have hoped. I think we would have thought that Jack Viney would have played that real selfless mm. defensive midfield role, but yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily been performing at the level that he should have been. And, and Gus, I don't think, had that great a game on the weekend. So no, that didn't. was a little bit disappointing. He didn't. Though, I mean, once again, he does use the ball very well. Very well, yeah. And, and you made the point during the week that maybe it's time to give him a bit of a try in the inside midfield role again, you know? I only say that because I I am concerned. I'm very concerned about our kicking inside forward 50. Mm. And we only need to – we know that Petrarca is an amazing um, accumulator and obviously he's been kicking a lot inside 50, mm. but he hasn't really been hitting many targets. Now the question could be, and, and as you and I were watching, who is he even kicking inside 52? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's kicking to sort of Neil Bullen, and Harms. Fritch is getting and, double tagged. Yeah. Like it's just – it's very tough. And it's Jackson's hard, not getting much separation. Really. Right. So, I mean, it's a hard, hard t- forward line to kick inside forward 50. When you don't necessarily have a great target, um, but Petraka doesn't have an, you know the best record 
particularly in comparison to Hugh McLuggage or some of the other um, midfielders mm. in the competition in terms of kicking inside forward 50. And we know that Oliver has, you know, and probably will always be a little bit of a, um, a hit or miss kick right. inside forward 50. I mean, there's a, there were a couple of examples of him really bombing it in long um, to the into the forward line on the weekend, which which wasn't very helpful. Gus, I do think, is the one who has that bit of X factor because mm. I do feel a little bit more settled when he kicks inside forward 50. And so I wonder if it's time to give him a bit of a run on the ball. That being said, he's sort of got this sort of wing position really nailed. And so yeah. you've got to you know weigh up the pros and cons of that. But I don't know if we're necessarily getting the most out of his ball use, kicking inside forward 50, playing on the wing at the moment. I agree um, because we want it in his hands way more than he is having it now. I mean, you look at on the weekend, Lang- Langdon had 25 and obviously Langdon's had a great season, but his kicking is his weakness. And to be honest, it's going back to where it used to be. You know, it's not, not where it was earlier in the year. And, you know, in a final, you want Gus to be the one who's kicking it into the forward line. So... I think they should at least consider it. Um, I agree, especially when Jordan has really dropped off a little bit, I would say. I think he's been solid. I I think he's been okay, but, you know, I wouldn't say that he's been um, sort of amazing in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Tom Sparrow, I'm not sure if we're getting that much out of. Yeah. Um, Aside from the fact that he is actually quite a good set shot, particularly Mm. from, you know, sort of 50. Long distance, yeah. Long distance, but I'm not sure if we're getting all that much out out of those players at the moment. Well, my feeling with with our team, to be honest, is that we don't necessarily have the best users in the midfield. No one would suggest we do, but we got around that through just this manic pressure, which meant that, you know, the ball kept moving forward and teams couldn't get it out. But, you know, our forward line pressure seems really poor. I mean, teams are just cruising out. Um, We're hearing that Pickett's doing really well in terms of defensive pressure, but you don't see a huge amount. It doesn't look like, you know, one thing we have to talk about, this forward line pressure does feel like it has dropped off. Mm. At the start of the season, I felt at some points that we really had Richmond-level forward line pressure Mm. where, well, not Richmond of of, of now, but maybe Richmond of old. old. Um, But Richmond-level forward pressure in terms of Spargo was applying great pressure, Neil Bullen was applying great pressure, Pickett was just corralling and and patrolling the forward line um, very, very aggressively. And now that just seems to have dropped off. It seems like we're really, teams are really managing to waltz the ball outside of um, defense quite easily and and with um, with quite little quite a little trouble. Yeah. It's a concern. Um, what do you make of Tom McDonald needs? So it felt like he was playing up on the wing mm. and, and that, you know, I guess our assumption was that he, in this sort of newer, smaller forward line model, he would be the one big target. Mm. But it sounds like they almost want him a bit up the ground, probably because of his excellent field kicking. Yeah. Um, but then you're obviously losing the benefit of him as a target. So yeah. look, if we're going to do that, I just think we need to be, bring in Ben Brown or, you know, or Wiedemann again. I mean, I think maybe Wiedemann's had his chances and so now it's time to go back to the Ben Brown well. But the truth is, is we can't rely on Fritch to be the only target inside Ford 50, which is really what we're relying on now. No, and he's doing really well. I mean, he's had a few sloppy games, but this week he was great. I loved the way Tom McDonald was kicking. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. If you go back and, and rewatch the game, he hit so many targets. It's just that he was quite far up the ground. It's almost as if he was playing the role that they mapped out for him in the preseason, you know? So it's interesting that they tried that. I would happily keep him in that role a little bit if Ben Brown is in, like you said. I think so. And I think at the very least, Ben Brown will take a big key defender, which mm. just frees up Fritch a little bit. I think yeah. that Fritch has been a bit overwhelmed um, just with the amount of attention he's gotten. Right. I mean, he really is now seen as the focal point. And so people are really sort of it, – it's hard to – you know, it's hard for him to get separation on like three different players. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, we've got some concerns. I want to ask you about Jaden Hunt. He obviously had a bit of a shocking last quarter where he got run down three times. What was your take on that? Uh, I wasn't the happiest, as you know. I was a little bit frustrated. 
and was expressing that frustration at the TV and to a lesser extent at you and Alvaro. But no, I think that, I think that Jaden Hunt, look, he's got great speed and I do like the fact that he takes the game on, but getting run down three times in the last quarter when we really had a chance to win the game, especially when he could have just tried to keep the goal. I mean, that was just, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, take a very minority opinion, I'm sure. But I felt a bit of sympathy for him. For me, it was just a reflection of how desperate the club is for goals right now. Like, obviously, he was trying to do too much, right? He was essentially treating himself as like Petrarca when he's not like Petrarca. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I felt that at least he had opportunities and he was bursting forward. And it's not like the other guys. It's not like Spargo, Neil Bullen and Pickett are having, you know, several opportunities in the last few minutes. It's so. true. And, it, and that's the sort of point of frustration. I think Maxi Gorm talked about this on radio actually after mm. about the fact that, you know, Jaden Hunt was playing out of position in a lot of ways just because we were desperate to get a goal. Mm. And look, he made some mistakes. And But the thing you can never really question with Jaden Hunt is his endeavour. And the fact is, is when there's been such little movement in the forward line, when the forward line looks so static, when it looked mm. like no one was getting separation, to see him run and dash into the forward line and at least try yeah. was something. I just think he's, his execution, I mean, he's never been a particularly classy player, has he? Yeah, agreed. But Nitz, give me the optimistic take on all of this. We're focused on some of the negatives. Give me the optimistic take. Look, on the on the plus side, we're still second on the ladder. Mm. I mean, the crazy thing well, for most percentage, right? true, but and we could obviously drop out of the top four if we lose this game, right. which shows how we're, precarious the position is. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the, the reality is, is if you said to most Melbourne supporters at the start of the year, would you take twelve and three? I think yeah. most people would be over the moon and couldn't believe how how well the club has done. I mean, and, and if you had to choose between a phenomenal offense and a phenomenal defense, I think you take a phenomenal defense. For I think a the defense feels a lot more um, a lot more stable, right? Yeah. I mean. Look at Carlton. Carlton, in a lot of ways, has great offense, mm. but their defense is always going to be very shaky and very precarious because they don't defend as a team. And so yeah. I think that, look, there's definitely not all doom and gloom. And in some ways, maybe it's a good thing that we're having these difficulties now mm. because we can actually try and figure out this problem sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, there was always going to be the problem that maybe we just did so well defensively that we masked over some of these offense problems. I mean, let's say we managed to scrape home against GWS. Let's say that, you know, the Adelaide game we'd won, mm. um, you know, given it was only a point, all of a sudden people sort of sit there thinking that, you know, we're just this indestructible force and we're able to win regardless of the circumstances, which is not true. Right. Totally. That's right. And now we might check up some personnel. Um, maybe Ben Brown having some time in the VFL will help him. I wasn't yeah. that, it wasn't that sort of, uh, taken by the fact that he only had two possessions or three possessions for two and a half quarters of football. Right, right, right. But he was on significantly managed game time and, and maybe it's hard to get into it mentally when you know you're going to be taken off every five minutes. That's very possible, yeah. Um, um, do you think Cozzy needs a break? Ooh, I do, actually. He's had several pretty quiet games now. I think he scored, he scored one goal last week and I think he maybe had two or three games before that where he didn't score it's not like he's getting super involved around the ball anyway. I think he should get a break, get a bit of confidence back. I mean, he's an absolute superstar. We love him. But right now, he's not really contributing all that much. And it is a long season when yeah. we have to remember that. I think Give maybe- Chandler a go, I reckon, or- yeah, you're, you've been sort of the real um, leader of the Chandler uh, bandwagon. Yeah. We'll just give him a bit of a shot, you know. I mean, he's been the medical sub numerous times. You've got to have some selection pressure, right? If you're just having several games where you're not playing well, I don't know if you should stay in the team. I mean, well, even Melksham got kicked out, right? That's so. true. And, I mean, Kazi only got like four possessions on the weekend. So he's definitely not um, contributing in the way he should be. What yeah. do we think about Sparrow? Does he stay in the team? 
Sparrow, it's a little bit hard when you're watching on TV because I have to imagine he's playing some kind of defensive tagging role in the forward line because otherwise I can't imagine why he'd be there. He's not really a target. It's not like they're trying to kick goals out of him. So I don't know, but he's clearly not had much impact. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. I also do wonder one other thing um, with this season is we do have a lot of quite young players. Yeah. Uh, So even, you know, Jacko's obviously been doing well, but he's still a young player. He might tire towards the end of the season. Cosy's obviously looking as if he Mm. needs a rest, despite the fact that he already had one. What are you, Trent Rivers' game on the weekend? I mean, I think he's an amazing offensive player. I mean, he's he's kicking is a sublime. Um, I love the way he takes the game on. That being said, a couple of his defensive efforts that they were showing um, on first crack did suggest that maybe he he wasn't necessarily able to go with the Whitfields and the Kellys. And, and you know, there's no shame in that. A lot of players can't really go with those two players. They're amazing yeah. runners. But I, I do worry that maybe he will tire a little bit as well. Maybe, though he got 22 possessions on the weekend. And I have to say, he's becoming such a good offensive player. And he's talked about how his defensive part of the game is his weakness part of his game. But his offensive t- his tools are really strong. And frankly, I would love to see him on a wing, you know, give him a bit of a chance and see what he can do because he's really burst forward with the ball. He's a great user. Maybe we need him to be involved near the forward line a bit more. That would yeah. be a bit radical, throwing him to half forward or something. You know? I agree. And look, we know he's a beautiful kick. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some of his, you know, excellent set shots and excellent kicking for goal hmm. last year. So I would I would be very pro right. that as well. You could I bring think. Jetta back in and he'd hold up his position and see what Rivers could do. It's, it's an idea, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, our run home needs is pretty challenging, uh, definitely the most challenging of the top five. So we have Port Adelaide away this week, then the Hawks, Suns away, which should be a win, you'd think. Um, then the Dogs, West Coast away, Adelaide, and the Cats away. So there's some pretty tricky matchups there. It's not a great uh, run home in a lot of ways, is it? It's a mm. bit scary. Um, look, I think power off a five-day break, I mean, this is just giving me sort of deja vu and sort of post-traumatic stress syndrome mm. back to what happened last year, yeah. um, the, the famous game. Bartlett game. Yeah, so I'm sort of getting memories of that. So hopefully we'll have a better performance than that one. That was one of the truly one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. Yeah, shocking. 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 I actually think – we might win. I don't know. I don't really know why because Port Adelaide have, um, um, what's his name? Zach Butters coming back in. They've, they've pushed themselves, um, into a top four contention. But I think we've got a bit of a point to prove, you know, and we have historically this year played better against the good teams. So if we win this game, I feel like we reverse all of these narratives. You know, we win this game. We potentially stay top. We beat the Hawks and the Suns. And then we're, we're pretty safe, I would say, in the top four. Um, so, I don't know. But I also think if we lose this game, particularly if we lose by four or five goals, things could slide off the rails a little bit. I mean, not to the extent of, you know, we're going to make the, the top eight, obviously. I think the lowest we'd finish, you'd imagine, would be like fifth. But fifth is going to be tough to win the premiership fund. Well, fifth is also a very big decline from a team that's been on top of the ladder for this many weeks. Mm. I mean, and that's the thing. And they should be disappointed if they end up yeah. finishing fifth, given how strongly they started the season. Mm. I agree. But look, I think this week, I really do think our midfield has a point to prove. It's going to be an awesome matchup uh, against Wines and Boak with Petrarca and Oliver and Viney. Um, I don't know. I just think I don't really rate Dixon compared to someone like May. I think May is going to absolutely destroy him. I agree with that. I I mean, but we we love Stephen May, though, yeah. on this podcast. It's all hail Stephen May on, Dixon May on this podcast. Dixon has a terrible run, a, a terrible um, statistics against the top eight teams. Shocking. So... Mm-hmm. 
I just think we might be able to suffocate them in defense. Um, and we don't play too badly at Amy Stadium. We're such an exciting team, aren't we? Let's oh, just Adelaide suffocate. Yeah, <laughs> let's just suffocate teams in defense. Yeah. Um, it does. It does. I, I will say this is our mode of winning at the moment does remind me a little bit of the Ross Lyon era. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like stranglehold them all. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing pretty about it, but you know. <laughs> well, the thing is, all of our excitement came from Cozzy. Right. It really did. He was didn't so it? crucial. And when he's not doing anything, our team does look a little bit dull. A little bit, yeah. yeah hopefully, <laughs> he'll, hopefully he'll get back into it. But Nitz, I'm going to tip um, Melbourne to win this one purely based on my heart, not based on my head. I just think we're going to, for some reason, pull this off by 15 points. I tip us as well, but maybe by five points. Okay. Yeah. So massive game. Um, unfortunately, as you can tell, Kane Corns couldn't make it on this week, um, but we're hoping he'll be able to be on next week. Yes, which would be great, actually, to yeah, talk the about the poor game. game. It's yep. almost like we planned it, which we did not. But no. let's just say we planned it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll be really interesting. Also, I should let you know that today is Kieran's birthday. Mm. So uh, Kieran's Australia birthday. Um, and so, yeah, give us a lot of love. Um <laughs> <laughs> As part of the birthday celebrations, please follow us on Deluded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do anything for marketing's sake. Um, but yeah, join the Facebook group, Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan community. And we'll be back in just a few days. Jeez, these short turnarounds are killing Very us. Very short turnarounds, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back in a few days with the next episode of Deluded. Go Dees. Go Dees. Go Dees.